Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Today, I have a family member. I'm super excited to talk with. Um, I want to talk about our journey of just like building a relationship, but we'll save that for another podcast. Um, right. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Alyssa Gray Titer. So there's the gray. That's how we're family. Oh, no, what's happening? Sorry, hold on. It's okay. I love it. No, I, this makes it authentic. This is good. Oh my goodness. You know what? There's a lot of people in my house. So let's just start with that. Um, I am a teacher, a middle school teacher. I teach grade seven uh, in Ontario. I am a mom of four, uh, a wife. I am a PhD candidate. I am, I don't even know what else I'm doing right now. Everything. Um, <laughs> too many things. I'm a podcaster. Uh, <laughs> and um a historian, which is a title that I've given myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I love that as well, because I think if anyone is familiar with you, that is, you are super generous and kind online, meaning you share a lot of information that you don't have to share um, and people absorb it and use it and share it also. So again, I want to thank you for that because you're not only teaching them, but you're also teaching me, which is lovely which is lovely um i want to go back to one of the things you mentioned that you are which is a parent um a wife um can you talk a little bit about that during this time um how's it feeling how's it going um as those things right now um it's tricky i'm not gonna lie like i i can't sit here and be like it's so wonderful i get to spend all this time with my family like I love my family, but um, you know, truthfully, it's been hard. Um, I am an introvert, and I don't know how many parents out there are introverts, but um, it's a it's a difficult a difficult like game to play or like balance to strike in your life because your your spouse, your kids, they need all of your like attention and being and touchiness and like all of that but like as an introvert I'm like I really draw my energy from being alone so um during this time and being all together it's been a lot mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I really am trying to now a year later a year into this pandemic try to uh, prioritize some alone time because I feel like I'm losing my mind <laughs> And that's okay. I think that's good to hear. And I think people need to hear that because that's normal, right? Everything you just said is normal. Can we, we're going to go back just for a second. Can you tell us, I don't want to say where you're from, but just a little bit about your history. Um, because knowing about myself and you who are Black Canadians, uh, with other titles, obviously, of course, um, I want to say how it happens, but I want to say people are probably interested because they often have so many questions when they hear that we're from Canada. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Fair. So it's funny because when most people see me, um, immediately I get that kind of like, where are you from uh, deal. And 
to be honest, my entire life has been like a struggle. This sounds like like typical mixed kid struggle. Like it's been so hard. I have nowhere to identify. Um, and it's not that um, I didn't identify as black because I have my entire life. Um, but it's been really hard to kind of place my blackness in Canada. So mm. my dad is um, a Jamaican immigrant. So came over here when he was three. Um, my grandparents are, my paternal grandparents are Jamaican and um, there's probably some fun mixing that goes back on that side. My mom um, looks like Mariah Carey, um, but it's like, a mix of a bunch of different things. Um, but I, again, you're Scotian. So Scotians identify as Scotians. Like there's not like a, I am from here, from there, like I'm Scotian and that's it. So growing up, I knew we were Scotian um, and that my mom looked very white presenting, um, but I couldn't really place any of that. So early on, I started to ask questions because kids inevitably started to ask me like six years old kids would be like, that's your mom. Like what's your mom or what's your background? So my mom is a mix of a bunch of different things. So I refer to myself as Afro indigenous more recently, um, just because of the politics around uh, indigeneity, I've kind of started to just say I'm black Canadian, uh, with all of these ancestry pieces in there. So, um, on my mom's side, we are English, we are Black loyalists, um, so those who came up from the U.S., uh, which again is a history lesson for another day. Um, we are Mi'kmaq, uh, so Indigenous uh, from Canada, North America, like from Nova Scotia, but then I also have Choctaw and Muscogee Creek ancestry, like all the way from Oklahoma, so uh, you'll find that if you start looking into uh, black history in the U.S., especially in and around Oklahoma, there was a lot of mixing that happened. Um, so, yeah, that's my my fun mix. I don't know if I really answered that question. You in, like, did. Time, you but... did. And you know what I like. You know what I love about it is that you kind of touched on the like complexity of like being black in Canada, and that's exactly what it is. Like, I think a lot of us don't know because we identify as scotian or yeah. you know what like if we're from toronto or um quebec or whatever it is that's what we identify as but like we are such complex individuals and because people are have never been taught about black people in canada they consider us so many different things or they consider us not from canada that we've just immigrated there from like the us or whatever for whatever reason so i think you did an amazing job um, sharing so many um, uh, just identities within like who you are and what other Black people have in Canada as well. It's amazing. I think it's so amazing. It really is. And I think it's like when I talk to other people from America, when you hear their stories, like they're so similar to ours in regards to how family is brought up, how close-knit communities we are. And this doesn't go for all Black people, of course, but I think for the most part, it's very much connected and rooted in like who we are and how we look and how we were brought up and the history around it. So you nailed, you killed, you just killed that. You killed that. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. But the funny thing is, is like you mentioned like my generosity online, but really that's where it stemmed from. It stemmed mm. from this whole idea that like nobody had any idea what was happening like 
north of the US. Like we didn't exist. Like black people don't exist in so Canada. True. And I was super frustrated um, by that. And like, even now, like even again, we're in 2021 now, Black History Month is rolling around and I'm watching like American educators skim past it or like literally it's not even on their radar. Like they have mm -hmm. no idea. Like, And they don't even know where to start, right? Yeah. They don't even know where to start. So I agree with you. Sorry. And I think it's, it's one of those things where like you can touch on everything else that's black, but then it's like Canada, like <laughs> black there's, no, there's no black people there. <laughs> we just have igloos. igloos. That's all we have up here. And so, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, in, in trying to illuminate that, yes, like my content is free, but it honestly just comes from a place of like, please just learn, like, please just absorb this information. So that way, when my kids go to school, they're not having to deal with all of these identity issues that I felt like I had to deal with growing up. Like a lot of my, my search and my research really has happened in the last decade or let's say eight years or so. My, mm -hmm. my daughter is going to be eight this year. And that's really when it started. Like I got married, I started having kids and like, I realized like, what do I have to give them other than I'm Jamaican and I'm Scotian, but that's it. Like I needed them mm -hmm. to have some sense of like who they are, where they came from, what's the history behind it all. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and you, you build a tradition of like knowing where you're from. And you talked about it earlier, how kids were asking you the, that question. And like being an international teacher, I got that all the time. And the first thing, what, what do you think they thought? They thought, of course, you're American. Like, of course, you're that. from like, you know what I mean? And when I told them I was from Canada, they were like, like, what do you mean you're from Canada? Like, and then you get the like, but where are you really from? <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true. I want to talk about your kids a little bit. Um, what do you and your kids like to do for fun? You're obviously around them 24 seven now. Um, what are you doing throughout the, the day, the week, the month, the uh, not only keep them energized, but to continue to build traditions in your house. <laughs> okay, so I, I laugh because I feel like in my mind, I'm doing an awful job right now. And so when you ask me that question, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> um, screen time? Like, <laughs> um, I will say that, you know what? Again, with my busy schedule, I have to like shout out my husband for this because he really is doing a ton with them right now. Like he's the one that's upstairs when I'm teaching, um, getting them through school as I'm down here plugging away. But um, you know what we actually have instituted? There are two things that my kids are loving right now. One, we do um, family game night. So on Fridays, um, we've been doing them kind of like bi-weekly right now, but we do family game night. I found some like games for little kids like um, it's like a Disney movie, remember the colors game. So it works because my kids are so young, right? Um, so it's like, what color is Woody's hat in Toy Story? And then you have to like quickly get the colors out. Kids are loving it. Um, I will say though, that I've won all the rounds so far. So <laughs> I'm not the parent that's like, <laughs> I'm gonna take it easy. Like I go for the gusto. And so um, I don't know how many more family game nights we have in us if I keep winning because everyone's getting really upset. Um, so that's one. Two, we do family movie night now, but what I do is I actually order um, food from Cineplex. So I get popcorn and nachos and candy 
And like, now the kids are asking for movie night, like every two nights, like, they're like, is it time for a movie night yet? Like, it's been a while. So we do those once a month because those are pricey. Um, but then we like, again, because there's always like new movies coming out, we try and catch those new releases and yeah, we all pile onto the couch, you know, lights go off. We even like, um, my bonus son is 13 now. So we even get him off the computer oh. and like downstairs and oh. we're like, it's family movie night. Oh. Like, you know what time it is. I love that. Um, so yeah, like just try to build intentional bonding time in versus this like mm-hmm. kind of, we're just around each other because we are around each other a lot. But mm-hmm. the, the intentional time where we're actually trying to spend time together, talk through things, ask questions, um, those we, we're really trying to like build in. So it's not just That's like- That's so cool. No? That is I, so cool. And I love how you, like you could have easily, which totally would have been fine, like just- made popcorn at home you could have like and that stuff is perfect like, I think that's great as well but like to add to that you make it even more special I think when kids get to kind of have the same feel that they would have when they go to an actual movie by oh we also get to like order from like an actual movie like that is like a little extra for a kid like they're going to obviously get more excited about that so I, didn't, I hadn't even thought about that but that is such a good idea I think that's such I a sweet idea tell you something quick though so last movie night I was like hey you know what we've been ordering a lot let's try a mix so I got nachos from from the movie place because you just can't replicate like movie nachos um but I was like I'm gonna get us an air popper because we just redid our kitchen and we don't mm. have a microwave now don't ask it's not going well <laughs> We don't have a microwave. So I'm like, I'm going to get an air popper. Um, so I bought like this $14 air popper. I think price matters. And went to make all of this popcorn. The popcorn was literally shooting out of the bowl. Like one punctured me in my shoulder. And I was like, ah, he got me. <laughs> the kids were like, it was hysterical. But um, yeah, suffice it to say, we're not doing homemade popcorn anymore. <laughs> and we're going to go back to ordering. But I, you know what the, you know what I take from that is though like the kids are gonna remember these moments when they get older like they're gonna remember when mom tried to make popcorn and yeah. how we were ordering popcorn from Cineflex and how we had movie night like it, all of that just tells me like those traditions are gonna stick with them when they get older which is like so beautiful so beautiful can you tell us a little bit about just like your schooling when you were younger what did that look like for you oh so. Ooh, they're making me go way back. Um, I'm old. I'll just throw that out there. But I guess you're she's you're not old. She's so not old. <laughs> we old together. <laughs> so um, I went to school in the '90s, uh, and I'm trying to th- honestly. I feel like I had a very kind of standard Eurocentric school experience for a black kid in Toronto. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. So I guess what I mean is that at the time, it didn't strike me as odd. Everything about my schooling felt very normal in the sense that, um, you know, I wasn't learning anything about myself. I didn't see myself represented in anything. Um, I don't think I really became aware that like things felt like the curriculum or like what I was learning in school felt different until, um, oh, do I even want to say high school? I don't even know if in high school it dawned on me either. High school, maybe the social part of it dawned on me because I went to 
um, a predominantly white high school. And so I was one of like a dozen black kids. Um, and so that aspect really dawned on me. Like I very much remember like, oh, you're very pretty for a black girl or like, oh, like you can, you like, she's cool like us because you know, she's half white and I'm like, ah, not exactly, but okay. Um, mm -hmm. And so the social aspect, but I don't know if like learning ever felt like, oh, I wonder why we're not learning about this. Like, I remember feeling awkward though, during like Black History Month every year, um, because like, they'd be like, black people were slaves. And then everyone would be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, <laughs> um, so yeah, like I, I definitely remember having different schooling experiences just based on where I went to school. So elementary school mm -hmm. was in Toronto. Um, middle school, my grade eight year, I switched schools and went to a school in Malton. I'm saying all these things like everyone's gonna know where these places are, um, but like uh, the, the place in Toronto and the place in Mississauga, Malton, where I went to school were high social risk index area. So like, um, what are they what are they referred to those oh, i'm so used to calling them high social risk index like oh what are the schools called they're like i teach at like a it's not a low-income school but they give it like some weird name like mm -hmm. um so i went to those kind of schools and then i went to like a really like my school my high school was uh in the middle of like cornfields like wow. on there was like farm on this side farm on this side farm in the back and now there's a walmart across the street but like <laughs> At the, at the time, it was like farmland. Um, so yeah, again, I feel wow. like I'm- <laughs> No, I love hearing that because it's very similar to mine, like minus the cornfields. Like I think <laughs> it was very much my high school, um, but predominantly white. There was like the dozen or so of us, well, maybe more than a dozen, but like very few of us that were black um, or identified as black in this, we used to call it, uh, the block and that was where like we would just literally meet every single day it was i could tell you like it was yesterday like you literally entered the open doors or to our school and straight ahead there's like this corner between a band room and a bathroom and near the the, the gym and that's where we would just hang out and Hilarious. thinking back you know it was so interesting there were people that would avoid walking by the block because there were so many of us and you know how we like to enjoy ourselves we like to embrace ourselves and who we are in music and etc and like people would just find that strange so they would avoid and then we'd get looks we'd be asked to calm down or whatever the case may be but yeah it was our sense of like security because that was all we had we only had each other right so i get our our experiences i'm sure were very similar very 100%. very similar when we talked about the block we had the lockers <laughs> and it was like a set of lockers yeah like and again i can i remember exactly where it was right like you would come in through by the guidance office turn and there was like the set of lockers and yeah people would definitely like get really skittish walking past these set of lockers um, that we would claim every year, which I think is hilarious because like lockers are actually a sign. So I don't actually know what was happening with those lockers, but somehow the group of us managed to like claim those lockers every year. And the funny thing is, is that's where I met my husband, right? Like I met my husband because 
Oh, we were one of the few, yeah, black kids and that would hang out by the lockers. And so, yeah, it's hilarious that even though, again, we were high school sweethearts, but we weren't like the ones that like stayed together the entire time. So when people found out that like we got married, they were like, oh my goodness, the lockers, like. <laughs> the I love lockers that, that's huge. You met your husband by the lockers. I think that is, there's so much like, it's so interesting. There's so many things I want to talk to you about I'll save it for another day because I know it'll just we will just dig deeper and deeper and this will be a very long conversation but yeah I think having that security of that knowing you're going to go to school and you're going to see a certain group of people um, how did it feel going into classrooms where you would probably be one of or two of or three of um, the only black people or black person uh, because if you only, I'm thinking, if you only have 12 people in your school, 20 people in your school, your classroom, you may be the only one for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, how did teachers interact with you? What do you remember in regards to friendships with people from different backgrounds? Um, um, teachers, I, you know what, honestly, for the most part, I will say that I had a good group of teachers. That's um, awesome insofar as they didn't see color. So I had those teachers, sure, right? Like, sure. Maybe not necessarily like equity-minded, like anti-racist, anti-bias, but like we're nice enough. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of peers, like I distinctly, I will never forget this as long as I live. In my grade 10 math class, um, again, I think a couple of us, maybe there were I, probably two or three, uh, black girls in the classroom and there were two white guys um, who were really popular white guys at the time and I remember like I would wear my hair curly sometimes I would wear my hair straight sometimes and I remember one day they made this comment like oh I like your hair so much better when it's straight and guess who wore their hair straight a lot of the time after that like I cringe thinking about it and I hate that like I let that permeate my spirit but I was totally like okay, in order to be accepted, like straight hair, I definitely changed the way I dressed. Like the way I dressed changed drastically from grade eight all the way through, like all of a sudden, like I remember grade nine, I was like, after Christmas break, all American Eagle. No one's gonna tell me anything. <laughs> I'm getting Birkenstocks and I'm wearing them with socks. <laughs> Nobody better say a word. Mm -hmm. And I definitely did like my, my attire started to reflect my environment and I felt like it would make me fit in more. And I don't know, truthfully, I don't know if it ever did. Um, or if I always did just look like the black girl with Burks. So it, it's, yeah, likewise, I could tell you, I literally remember going to school one way and like changing out of my clothes and acting another way in my community all the time. I remember being invited to parties like in white neighborhoods and I'd literally do the same thing. It was like the American Eagle. It was like the Hollister. It was the like campus crew. It was like all of these different brands that I didn't even really know about, but I knew it like very much tied itself to like the white culture at that time. Um, and yeah. that's how I was going to be accepted knowing that like I wasn't going to wear the clothes that I really loved, which was like the like being in regards to like hip hop and like 
all those like that's what I grew up on like that's what I watched that's what I followed but for whatever reason like you I wanted to be accepted so yeah that is looking back it's hard to think about um because it it makes you think like what for me at least it makes me think like what would have happened if I would have known like this is what's happening to me like what would I have changed what would I have tried to study and look into a little bit more um but yeah it's I'm happy we know now (laughs) 100 percent and again one of the reasons I try so hard to just kind of like figure out who I am because I I really don't want that for my kids I don't want them to have that that experience that like even like again looking back I can be like overall positive experience but like looking back it's so cringy like all of it just feels so inauthentic it feels like I feel honestly sad for little Alyssa like I'm like oh Mm -hmm. man I wish that you had known more about yourself that you were comfortable more with yourself that blackness was as cool as it is now. Like, <laughs> I agree. You know, it's so I agree. cool to be black now. Everybody, everybody wants to be black. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I think in part of that is like, just like the, like our culture is just so influential in regards to everything, everything. People are doing little things to try to make it their own, which is crazy to me, which is so crazy. Um, but it, <laughs> but it all comes back to yes, who we are and the stuff that we put into the world. It really, really does. I hundred percent agree with that. Um, I have just a couple more questions for you, and I think we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, knowing that teachers are struggling right now, and seeing online that ha- you have a huge following of teachers, um, what can they? do right now I guess to and I guess you touched on this a little bit as well what what could they be doing um what are you doing um to be okay I guess with the way things are going in regards to education Um, and I say okay because we can't a lot of it we can't control um unfortunately uh what can they do to navigate situations um I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, th- I think. I got you. I you got understand an what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Give it, give it to me. Give it to me. Um, okay. So I actually have had time to think about this now. And there, I realize there are things that I'm actually doing consciously now um, that aren't like necessarily like spa day type thing. Um, mm-hmm. One thing is that when it's lunchtime, I shut down, like, I close the entire app. I close my computer. It's lunchtime. I'm going to go eat. Maybe I'm going to take a nap today. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that it's not going to be answering questions that can be answered later. Um, I don't, I, I no longer answer emails after school. Um, when school is done, I am finished. There is nothing that cannot wait until the next day. Um, I don't assign students things that are like again, do within like 24 hours and that like, unless we're taking it up. And in that case, like when we take it up, you'll get the answer. Like what else? Like we'll do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely do not even look at my emails on the weekend. So don't even try it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, again, my parents, again, I don't know if my parents somehow come across this. I literally will not look at your email on the weekend. Don't email me on the weekend. Um, there's nothing that can't wait until Monday. 
when I am working my contracted hours. And I feel like as teachers, we don't have contracted hours or we don't believe in contracted hours. Um, we take marking home with us. We answer student emails at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Like we are constantly available. And especially during this pandemic, um, it's gotta stop. Like I had to shut it down. So shutting down for whatever it may be, lunchtime, which is an hour, right after school, that stuff is mandatory. I do other things too, like cry in the shower. <laughs> I, <am. laughs> like, I think that is awesome. Things. Um, you know, I, I used to love a good car concert. So every day on my way to work, right, my drive is about 20, 25 minutes maybe. I could bang out a wicked like five, six songs in that time. My therapist actually told me though that humming and singing actually calm your central nervous system. So wow. all about like even things that I didn't think were doing anything actually really good for you. So because I don't travel in my car anymore, now I do shower concerts and I do them for as long as the water is hot. Uh, <laughs> um, I spend extra time doing little things like washing my face. Like again, I now take like longer showers. I wash my face for longer. I continue my shower concert outside of the shower, in the bathroom. Like I really do make things intentional now. Like before I think I was just kind of like doing self-care-ish type things, but now like I know what the purpose of it is. Like, no, I'm mm -hmm. going to stay in the shower a little extra longer so I can enjoy some time for myself. I'm going to read for pleasure because marking can wait, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything can wait. So Wow. I think that I, I love all the things you mentioned, specifically the cry, like the crying part. Like I think people will think it's funny, but I think it's so true that you, when you do let like emotions out, I feel like there's such a like relief um, when that happens. And I think it's so important for teachers specifically to hear that like, it's okay to be upset or sad or need to cry because things just suck right now like that's okay they, do. they right? totally suck right now like, yeah. and it's okay to say, like this year sucks i i hate this year <laughs> i don't have multiple times <laughs> i don't like it nope and it doesn't make you a bad teacher it doesn't mean that you hate teaching it literally means that teaching in a pandemic sucks agreed 100 percent okay. agreed and i love how you mentioned making things intentional the little things like washing your face a little bit longer like it again may sound silly but like the satisfaction of knowing that you wash your face properly like <laughs> if you have a routine like you follow through with all those three steps or whatever it is like i think those little things we as teachers forget because like you said we are being pulled in a million different directions and we because this is why we get into the job, we feel like at times we need to be giving our full self all the time, 24 seven. And it's not the case during, specifically during a pandemic, it's not, it shouldn't be the case for sure. Like, and I think those are amazing reminders for teachers because I think a lot of us are really running out of gas because we have not drawn the line in the sand. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's making it even more difficult than it has to be. So thank you for that. I appreciate that honesty. 
um, because I don't know if we get it a lot online. Like, you know, online it's often like, here's a great lesson for your virtual lesson for your virtual like conference today. Like, here's a great lesson. It's like, you know what? I really don't need that right now. Like I don't plan on changing too much because I'm just trying to survive the day. Like literally I'm like, my kids are about to have a work period for, (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, guys, what you want to do today? Work period. Sounds good to me. All right. (laughs) Everybody on board the work. It's true. Yeah. This is the, this is not the year to reinvent the wheel. I say that as I'm trying to like rewrite a history curriculum, but like truthfully it is like, um, it's not the time to, you know, create the fanciest lesson plan and like, you know what, like stay alive. I just want to say like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can, where can people find you online? Where's the best place to find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alyssa G. Titer. Um, I have a Twitter, but like, she really, does. I just your Twitter and like repost most of your stuff. So like, go follow Gary on Twitter and then <laughs> you'll see what I post. Like, I honestly I post things on Twitter and they get no love on Twitter. And then I just take the screenshot from Twitter, put it on Instagram and people love it. So <laughs> Twitter is a vehicle for Instagram and Honestly, that's where my content lives right now. And that's another thing. I'm okay with that. I don't need 5011 platforms, um, you know, trap house, clubhouse. What is it? I don't... <laughs> Do you have a website at all yet? I have a website. There is one post on it and it is from last year. And at okay. some point, when I feel up to it, I will actually like, my plan is to develop an actual, like a fuller presence. Um, to get some of this content that I've been putting out on Instagram kind of like into a space where people can access it. Mm-hmm. So my website is alyssagtiter.com, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> Imagine it's not. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I love that you're checking right now. I am checking. You know what? Y'all are going to you're gonna sit through this and see if that's my website. It is my website. So alyssagtiter.com. <laughs> Um, is my website. And you know what? It's beautiful because it took me forever to design, but ain't nobody got time for content on it. So. <laughs> Alyssa, I, I just honestly, again, I talked about it before, but like I appreciate when you say Instagram is your main platform and it is, but at the same time, like with that, like you're one of the accounts that I fully enjoy because I'm constantly learning. And on top of that, you do a great job of mixing in like your personal life. I love seeing that people are like actually human. So and you share pictures of you and your family um, or just things you like to do for fun or just like, you know, just a little selfie here and there. I love seeing your face and seeing you I've smiling. I've been lately. I, I like, I've been feeling myself. This skincare routine, can we take a moment? Like, what? Am I glowing? Is it I guess, Yeah, well, no. I guess that's the last question. What are you doing for skincare? What, what's this routine? Uh, so funny enough, I haven't had a skincare routine my entire life. Um, Again, over 30 now, and I'm, you know, maybe we should put some effort into life here. So I actually got um, this like kit, like of like three things from Sage, like essential oils type stuff. And it's a cleanser, it's a toner. Don't ask me what a toner does. I don't know. I just spritz it. Um, and then a little serum, and I just like massage that into my face. And now I'm glowy. <laughs> Family, thank you so much for hanging out today. This was so much fun. I'm so glad to 
to be on. I feel so special. You have like famous people on here. Yeah, famous people. There, there's some authors. Yeah, like yeah, there are some authors that I like. Book. 